0: You are listening to Hope Fellowship Church of Jaffrey, New Hampshire. If you would like to check out more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit hfcnh.org. If you would turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, we'll begin reading. let have a short uh, look at the scripture tonight from this passage we've been going on in Hebrews and we've come to this passage that is just so fitting for tonight. As we take time to pause and reflect on the cross and the blood and the sacrifice and all that it means, I wanna thank the guys earlier for reading those scripture passages, rather lengthy passages, and yet passages that are so key and important from Isaiah and from John, the entire story of the crucifixion. It does us well to simply hear it read, to reflect on the truths and all that God went through on this day many years ago on Good Friday. Hebrews chapter 10, we come right into verse 19. We'll read to the end of chapter, but I'm really focusing here on the first couple of verses for tonight's challenge. Hebrews 10 verse 19 says, therefore brothers, since we have confidence. That's gonna be kind of the theme tonight. I'm hoping to leave you with confidence tonight. Since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water and let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And then he goes right into a warning passage to warn us to be careful not to throw this confidence away not to trample upon God and the grace and the mercy that he's extended to you, but rather to receive it. He says in verse 26, For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there remains no, not a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy. On the evidence of two or three witnesses, how much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who's trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, and again the Lord will judge his people, for it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And then his tone changes and he, and he speaks directly to the congregation and he, he, he tells them to remember those former days, those days that you went through, the testing and the trials. He says in verse 32, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your own property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and abiding one. Therefore, here it is again, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we, dear people, we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but are those who have faith and preserve their souls. I wanna thank you for coming tonight. It's an important service, I believe, for our hearts to prepare us for Easter. I know it's difficult coming out on a night like this and I know my kids, it's past their bedtime and so all of you coming out with kids and, and children, my goodness, I, I, I'm so thankful to see you here tonight. We gather together. We remind ourselves the sacrifices that Jesus underwent, the suffering that he went through, but we really focused here tonight, we gather here tonight to, to reflect on the cross, the cross of Jesus on this Good Friday. I just wanna ask us, what, what comes to mind when we think about the cross? Tonight we've had some time to f- pause and reflect and think about the cross. What comes to mind when we reflect on the cross? What have you meditated on this day even? Maybe you've had a chance to read or, or get a quiet moment to consider and to think of all that tonight represents. The cross elicits many different responses from people. The disciples, when they saw the cross, they, they were afraid I think we would have acted the same way, right? We, we would have just been right there with them. They, they shrank back. They, they, they feared. They abandoned Jesus. Peter denied even knowing who Jesus was three times. And the others were distant and not even really present except for John, I believe it was, who was present there with Mary. What effect does the cross have on us today? What is our response? Perhaps it's grief or sadness or sorrow or mourning, and I believe those are important things for us to even encounter tonight to consider the the, the great uh, sacrifice that was made. Maybe it's the mystery of the cross, all that it means and represents. Maybe it's even thanksgiving, a gratefulness that bolsters our faith, and that tonight I think that this passage reminds us that is meant to give us confidence and to strengthen you give you courage. So tonight very simply I just want us to look at the cross briefly from this passage and to allow ourselves to come away with a confidence for the cross of Christ gives us confidence. As the passage said so wonderfully, do not shrink back. Don't shrink back. Don't as it said do not throw away your confidence. Because today of of all days is good Friday. Yes, both the, the worst day in human history, and yet also the best day. The day when Christ took the cross to be the scapegoat for our wrongdoing and transgressions. It was the day Christ took the cross to be killed in our place. The day Christ laid down his life for his friends. It was the day Christ took the cross to nail our sins to a tree. It was the day Christ took the cross to pull back the curtain to the holiest of holies. The day Christ took the cross to absorb the wrath that God poured out upon him. It was the day Christ became our substitute, acted as our mediator and intercessor, our perfect sacrifice. The day Christ shed his blood to atone for our sin. It was the day Christ loved us even unto death even the death of a cross. and So because of the cross, brothers and sisters, tonight we have confidence. We've been forgiven. And because we've been forgiven, as it says in verse 18, there is forgiveness of these. There's no longer any offering for sin for the offering's already been made once for all. And so because of that offering for sin, because we are forgiven, we have confidence to enter the holy place. You're familiar perhaps with the passage in Matthew in his account of, of the crucifixion when Jesus died. It says in Matthew 27 that Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up the spirit and behold the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The picture of the holiest of holies, the holy place and and the out, outer uh, courts, this this veil that, that was between the two, we've looked at that in Hebrews 8 and 9 and in Leviticus, it, it gives us the details of these places. That veil that was in between, that, that barrier was ripped away, was torn in two. There is now free entrance into the holiest of holies in relationship with God through faith. Verse 19 points this out to us. Verse 35 says to not to throw away this confidence that we have, but rather in this have faith and endure and believe. Verse 39 says do not shrink back, but rather as it leads into the faith chapter of chapter 11, but to have faith like so many of those who've gone before you and keep on keeping on. Verse 26 of this passage that we read gives us this warning. A warning that is that is sharp. It almost hurts as you read it. But he's he's warning us to not take this lightly. To not almost assume the grace and mercy of God. That in some ways, as we say that we can sin deliberately, we can go on and do as we please because the grace of God will abound. Right? Romans six says that. You think you can just sin so that uh, as we please, just because God's grace abounds, that, that we're missing the point of what our faith leads us to do God's grace is extended to us his mercy is given the sacrifice has been paid but don't go on deliberately living in a manner that is contrary to God's word for he says it is as if we are profaning the blood of the covenant it is as if we are profaning the grace and the mercy of God instead he says persevere endure through the hardships, live with faith. The faith that you have will see you through the storms and trials of life, for faith breeds confidence in our living Savior, Jesus Christ. Tonight, we have confidence. Do not throw away that confidence, and do not shrink back. We have confidence because of the blood of Jesus. That's what's been pointed out to us already here. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places, how is it that we enter the holy places? It is by the blood of Jesus. It is because of the cross of Christ. By the blood of Jesus. Not by means of blood of bulls and goats and calves. For those could never take away your sins. For it is impossible, as 10, chapter 10, verse 4 says, it is impossible for that blood to take away your sins. But rather, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. We didn't sing it tonight, but it's a famous hymn written in 1876. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And one of the last stanzas of that song says, now by this I'll overcome, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Now by this I'll reach my home, nothing but the blood of Jesus. We have confidence tonight because of the blood of Jesus. We have confidence tonight because of the blood of Jesus but also as it says in verse 20 of chapter 10, by the new and living way that he has opened through us for a curtain that is through his flesh, This way has been opened, and verse 21 says, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. This great priest has opened up the curtain, torn it in two. He is our great high priest. As it says in Hebrews 4, a passage we reference often throughout our study here, that we have a great high priest who's passed in through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. So let's hold fast to our confession We don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. So let us then with confidence, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We have a high priest. And because of that high priest, we have confidence to draw near to the throne of God because he opens a new and living way for us to live and walk in. He builds a bridge for us to cross the great divide between God and sinners alike. Matt Chandler has a quote that I stumbled upon this week. He says that the cross, the cross of the battered son of God is the battering ram through the blockade into Eden. It's as if there's a relationship that exists in Eden that has been lost. And there's as if there's a blockade in that way that the cross smashes through. The cross of the battered son of God is a battering ram through the blockade into Eden. The cross was more than a a device of crucifixion or for death in its almost upside down nature of the gospel that could use something so terribly wrong and use it for something so wonderfully good. It's turned into a battering ram that smashes through the gates of Eden and restores us back to grace. It reconciles us to the Father. This tree, this old rugged cross that we sang about earlier, is taken, smashes down the door, And opens up so salvation can flow freely from the city of God. We are here because of him, because of the blood, because of our high priest, but we have confidence because our hearts also, the interior of our lives, our very souls are sprinkled clean, it says. Look at verse 22, this high priest operates and then we are drawing near with a true heart that is full of assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean tonight as if the blood is, is sprinkled upon the mercy seat. Our bodies are washed with pure water. We draw near, and he will draw near to us, the word says. And we draw near, we walk with hearts that are, that are free from the guilt and the shame. They're sprinkled clean. a true heart and full assurance. Full assurance, it says in this verse. We have full assurance, this is that, that confidence. It is, it is also rendered complete certainty. It is by faith, he says the sprinkling of our hearts and our conscience tonight. The shadows of the Old Testament and the tabernacle and the furnishings and the sacrificial system points us to this place. For in Leviticus 16, it talks about this exact moment where the priest would take the blood and, and sprinkle it upon the mercy seat seven times for the sins of the people. This is a fulfillment of prophecy, not only of that that leads us as a shadow that leads us to the one who would finally sprinkle it, but also a fulfillment of Ezekiel 36, for in the Old Testament, Ezekiel 36 says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all of your uncleanliness and from all your idols I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone and from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues. as if this land of wilderness and desert has been restored back to a garden of Eden like it was once meant to be. The cross, this death, this cold, this pain, this sorrow gives way to love and to life. The blood of Jesus sprinkles upon the soil of our hearts in such a way that causes something to grow from that stone for it has been fertilized in a way that now it thrives in a new and living way in which we never have experienced before. A new and living way by the Spirit of Christ. Ezekiel 37, the very next chapter, talks about the valley of dry bones. You're probably well familiar with that. As the passage says to prophesy over these bones and say to them, "O oh, dry bones, hear the word of God and I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath upon you, and you shall live. What an an apt description of what we experience because of the cross, these dry bones coming to life again. Our stone hearts being cleansed and revitalized in order to now thrive and live. So since this has happened, since this took place, since we believe this to be true, Don't throw it away, hold fast to it. Hold fast to your confidence and to your faith and do not let it go. This is what the pastor of Hebrews is telling us to do. Journey on, don't throw away your confidence, he says in verse 35. Do not throw away your confidence which has a great reward. The devil thrives in these areas Where the struggles and the hardships of life and the pressure of your lives is starting to push down upon you and the persecutions and the difficulties just like the people had experienced. Did you not read with me earlier when it said your property had been plundered, your things had been stolen, many of you have been persecuted and afflicted and yet you rejoiced. He comes in and he tries to steal and to break you down and to strip away your confidence and to cause you to doubt. But yet, God uses these moments of hardship and difficulty to strip away your false confidences and to replace it with Jesus. (laughs) The places that you were idolizing, Jesus will strip those away. The places and the things in which you were worshiping, Jesus will remove those. And he replaces them with true faith in him and dependence on Christ that is all that is lasting and reliable, the promises of God, the things that have foundations that will stand, the things that are built upon a rock, a better possession, as it is said, that cannot be stolen though some come in and plunder your property and steal your possessions, you have, as the passage says, a better possession, an abiding one that cannot be taken away, for it abides to the vine. Have you ever been robbed? (laughs) You ever had your house broken into? I actually have never experienced this, (laughs) thankfully, Um, but I have talked to others who have. Or something comes in and breaks in and and messes things up and steals and someone, maybe a a thief breaks in and and steals all sorts of things and uproots your entire home and you come home and I've actually heard from from those who said it it wasn't so much the things that were stolen or the things that were taken or the things that we do not have. It, It wasn't that necessarily the stuff that they took but it was the confidence that they stole. The peace of mind rest, the safety, the confidence that was taken now at home that you feel unsafe took my peace of mind, it's in a sense. The enemy wants to do this, to break in and steal and kill and destroy and uproot the peace and rest that you have by robbing and stripping you of everything that you trust in of God. He wants to see you, he wants to see you um, fumble around in the darkness and rather Jesus comes in as a light shining for you to see what you could not see before, to see what is visible around you and to see what is invisible, to trust in Christ, to be able to see the unseen that that is by faith. And Christ, because of his sacrifice, I know that I'm safe in his arms. No man can snatch me out of the Father's hand. I have confidence tonight because of my faith in the blood of Jesus, my great high priest, that this cross of Jesus Christ has saved me of my sin. My heart and my conscience is sprinkled clean. I have a better possession and an abiding one, one that cannot be stolen, one that cannot be broken down, a confidence that cannot be shaken, for we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Because a king is alive the word says he sits at the right hand of the throne of God in power and authority so do not throw away the confidence that we have in the blood do not throw away your confidence that you have in your great high priest do not throw away your confidence that you have that your hearts are sprinkled clean for the blood of bulls and goats can't take away your sin but Jesus can and he's done it on the cross (laughs) believe in him Don't throw away what Jesus saved for you by the giving of his own life. Don't throw away your confidence and faith in Jesus because temporary, transient, visible things have been taken. For we have a home, an abiding one and a better possession. Do not shrink back. In closing, I wanna finish by reading 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1 verse four, just want you to listen and allow your hearts to think upon the things we've heard tonight. It speaks about a hope, a hope that we have, a hope in Jesus that that can't be robbed and taken and broken or cracked or stolen, something that is an abiding hope. It's protected by God and it's more precious than gold. That's what we have tonight, a living hope. 1 Peter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is, get this, it's imperishable, it's undefiled, it's unfading, and it's kept in heaven for you, who by God's power, it's being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So in this, you rejoice, Though now for a little while, if necessary, yes, you've been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and the glory and the honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith. And what's the outcome of your faith? What's the outcome of your faith if you do not shrink back? The outcome of your faith is the salvation of your souls. Do not shrink back. Let's press on.